Hey guys, welcome back to Pushing Through Blue podcast, an interview podcast sharing stories of people's experiences with mental health in an effort to help bring awareness, help others start conversations and break through the stigma surrounding mental health. I'm your host, Dane Peavy. Before we dive into episode five, as always, just a couple of important housekeeping items. If you haven't already, please take one minute out of your time, go back and listen to the disclosure message episode. It's really important. Secondly, I wanted to say a big thank you for taking the time out to listen to episode four, Simon's story, and also for those who reached out with their feedback, thoughts, and kind words. I'm glad to hear Simon's story brought a lot of value to others. On episode five, I was very privileged to be able to speak openly with Castleberry about her own experiences growing up from an early age with chronic depression, with anxious distress, and borderline personality disorder. How important it is to be open and honest and to communicate about your own mental health to those trusted people around you if you find you are struggling. To be sure to validate your own feelings and experiences, to know that they are there, that they can and do happen. Castleberry shares her own ongoing experiences with seeking professional help from the very early stages to now, as well as being on medication. How important it is to seek professional help early, but also the importance of seeking help from those that specialize in the areas of mental illness that is best related to you. That this may involve trial and error in finding the best mental health professional for you, but to try not to get discouraged and to continue pushing to seek help if needed. Among so many things, Kaz is an online content creator and regular Twitch streamer. In this episode, she shares her perspective on how these social connections may help with one's mental health, but also discuss some of the disadvantages that is important to be aware of and to recognize. Kaz also shares some of her techniques and ways in which she looks after her own mental health and the power she finds associated with positive and motivational quotes and affirmations, discovered or reflected upon at times when most needed. It was really great speaking with Kaz and I feel I got a lot of new perspective from our discussions which again cements the fact that you really don't know what a person may have been through or is going through now unless you take the time to speak with them and to have open and honest conversations. If you or someone you know may be experiencing the same or similar signs of mental illness as Kaz, please know that there is help available and you are not alone. Please reach out, speak to your doctor, GP, I'll also list a number of support organizations and their contact details in the description section of this podcast episode, including Beyond Blue and Lifeline Australia. Guys, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy the episode with Castleberry. Castleberry, welcome to Pushing Through Blue Podcast. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Um, I, I guess, what have you been up to? How was your Christmas? What's happening? Um, I have been having a pretty quiet time um, over the past few months. I took, I took some time off to finish up the uni semester and I've been uh, putting off getting back into things fully until the new year. So yeah, yeah it's, been, it's been pretty cruisy and I've been focusing on myself, which has been good. Awesome. Awesome. And that's what we're here to talk about as well. So I guess for those listeners who don't know you personally or don't follow you on social media, can they, you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, sure. I am Kaz. I stream stuff on Twitch under Castleberry and I do stuff on the internet. I never know how to explain any of it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's perfect. And I think people, there's there's so much more about you. And, and this is why I really wanted to get you on the podcast. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you um, said yes to come on board and, and share your story. But I guess before diving into your story, I just wanted to make mention of an Instagram story post that you had published just before Pax Australia this year that uh, I had seen through following yourself. Uh, I think it would have been just after the community Twitch meetup that you had attended back in August this year. Myself, only knowing you through your social media content that you publish, that Instagram post of yours really caught my attention, taken at a time where it seemed you were quite vulnerable, I guess, but also showing a huge amount of strength for you to speak out about your own mental illness challenges that you were facing. So I hope you don't mind me sharing this 
with you to the listeners. Yeah, yep, no yeah. worries. And just to give a bit of context to um, the listeners. So I remember the post uh, was a picture of you lying uh, on a bed in what looked like a dark room with a written message that you'd put out there explaining that you had been struggling recently with your own mental health issues and illness whilst traveling, that you were sorry to those friends you didn't get to see due to what you were going through, but also really thankful and wanted to share that to those who did and who were patient and kind during that time that you did see. I guess what really stood out to me in this post uh, was the comment that you made in the post and it went, but I didn't let it stop me and I'll see you all at PAX Australia. And that just really resonated me just with the strength that uh, not only you putting yourself out there and and letting, I guess, your audience and your followers and your friends and, and, and family looking at that know, but that you knew that, you know, you were fighting it and you had the strength. And I guess on first glance, what I had seen of you through social media and what I knew of you was this young, creative, super happy, bubbly, confident young lady taking on the world. But after seeing that post, you were certainly all of these things, but more, you were an absolute fighter. So that post just resonated with me. And I, and, and one of the main reasons why I wanted to get you on this podcast, um, if you, you were happy to come on board, which I'm, I'm thankful that you are, I just wanted to say a big thank you so much for coming on the podcast, for being brave and, and sharing your story with others in an effort to help others, but also for the work uh, you are doing right now in sharing awareness and a spotlight on mental health and mental illnesses, helping to encourage others to start having conversations and fighting that stigma uh, surrounding mental health. So I just want to thank you for that because that's certainly what this podcast is all about and it's guests like yourself that allow us to do what we're doing now to in an effort to help others. So yeah, a big thank you to that. Oh, thank you for um, noticing. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I, I posted that because I had always thought that I was really open about my mental health and that I talked about it a lot, but I mentioned to a few friends um, that I'd been feeling depressed and they said, mm. oh, like, do you, do you, like, I thought you were always so happy. And I was like, yeah. you know, for someone with chronic depression, for my friends to think that I never felt depressed was yeah. like a big eye opener. So I was like, I need to be more open um, and communicate with the people around me that I, you know, that I do struggle with this stuff because, you know, A, it will help me with, um, you know, having support and B, I have always appreciated it when the people that I follow and look up to have been honest about their mental health. So I was like, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. 100%. Yeah, that that is so well said. And, and, and I'm in the same boat. I think, um, you know, ever since, uh, for my own story, um, I think ever since coming out and having the conversations about what you're going through and, and having your friends like yourself say, oh, you know, we had no idea, um, you know, like, what is it like? And, and, and what have you been going through? And do you understand, you know, why it's been happening? And, and just having those conversations and just being like more open, and I guess, you know, more vulnerable to those that you trust, and, and you can have those conversations with, I think it's good for you, not only, definitely for yourself, but also the people around you. Um, and I guess, just leaning into that as well, would you mind talking about what mental health illnesses that you have or are experiencing? Yep, sure. So I have chronic depression with anxious distress and borderline personality personality disorder, uh, which is an axis two illness. So that's okay. on the level of, um, so axis one is things like depression, anxiety, PTSD. These are things that you can acquire. Sure. Um, axis two is um, things like ADHD, um, Asperger's, um, borderline personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder, all of those things that um, are a lot deeper. Okay. And I guess to give a little bit of context on that, so for you, what's it like living with, with all that? Is is it a, a balancing act or from your view and your eyes and, and what you go through, I guess, on a daily basis or however you fit this all into your life? How does it how does it feel? That is a huge question. Yeah. Um, it's it's difficult because I can't really remember a time before yeah. um, being mentally unwell, and I'm not even convinced that there ever was one. Um, like there was, uh, obviously, I grew up in a time when there wasn't as much uh, attention to mental health, so there were sure. things that happened when I was a child that were yeah. dismissed and all of that. 
Um, so I don't know. Um, I just I just live because I mean that's the only option. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, absolutely. You wake up and you either get out of bed or you don't, and then the day finishes. Yeah, yeah, and and I know that when we talked about like, when you first started recognizing these early signs and symptoms of of these you know, mental health illnesses. You, like you said, you, you've had it for so long. It, it just seems it's almost like a part of you um, that you've, you know, obviously grown up with and, and managed yourself and, and continue to manage um, to live the best life that you can. And I guess you've mentioned that, you know, as far back as you can think of it, you know, around about maybe 15, 13 years ago that, that this sort of started. So I guess it has been with you for quite a long time. So the early signs, I guess the earliest signs that you remember, high school or earlier than that? Yeah, so high school was when it got really bad. I mean, when I was a kid, like I remember one time telling my mum that when I was walking home from school, I could just hear screaming in my head. Um, And that was like, oh, that must be birds. And it was kind of just brushed under the rug. Um, But around about high school, when I was around 14 or 15, um, I started to um, self-harm, have suicidal ideation, uh, a lot of... You know, it was when it got real heavy. Sure. And I guess it's so hard, that age group, where it can be going through that, I suppose, that hormonal age as well. A lot of people may just dismiss it, like you said, just as whether it's, you know, you're going through hormonal, you're growing, whatever it is that, you know, your body is changing to. And and there's all these new things in life that you're going through at that sort of learning age. I guess it can be quite easy for outsiders to dismiss that. And like you said, depending on, like you look at it now, in nowadays, I guess there's a lot more focus and education on mental health as opposed to how it would have been back then. When was, or is there a point in time where you did start seeking help or was there, a, I suppose, a nudge or someone recognizing that, bringing to your attention, look, I think, you know, this shouldn't be overlooked. I think help should be provided to you or, or that you should seek help. Do you remember like the earliest signs or stages of, of that for yourself? Um Well, yeah, I do because it was very recently. I got on medication, I think like three or four years ago, um, but that was just a visit to a GP, which was not very helpful because I was put on medication uh, and that that was that was it Uh, and it was definitely the start of things improving once I um, started on medication it really you know it was like getting a dirty rug and then just like shaking off the worst of it so it's like you can I could see that there was a brighter option there was I like when I first got on medication I described it as if like great like clouds clearing and realizing that the world wasn't always going to be gray. Right. So once I had been on medication for a while, um, I'll backtrack a little bit. Um, Sorry to tell the story all out of order. Um, But it all started when I had, if if we were in the 80s, it would have been called a nervous breakdown. Sure. Um, So I lost my job. I was having anxiety attacks. Um, multiple times a day I was not able to I you know, had a few temp positions but you know when you have had to take two days off out of your first week as a temp they usually don't keep you on um, so I moved back in with my parents went back to my GP uh, got on different medication and got a referral to a, a group that offer so I'm on the, the mental health plan, so I'm getting yep. it through Medicare. So I, it's um, bulk billed and it's all covered. Um, and it was offered by a group that specializes in the kind of issues that I have. Okay. Um, so it's specifically for me. So yep. I found that I have, I've been to, you know, therapists and counselors in the past and it hasn't worked. Okay. And I found one that really did. Okay. Um, so that was when I really started to look after myself. And that was around about a year ago. And just on clarification for that, I guess for listeners looking for that entry point, like you had to find and look like from, from what you're saying, from your story, there was a bit of trial and error there as, as to you looking for help, but then not receiving or not getting that sort of style of help that, that really, like, I guess, either resonated with you or did help the way that you were feeling in your conditions. So your initial point there that was, was going to the GP, is that right? So the, the GP was almost the gateway to access, I guess, all forms of help, yeah? 
Yes. So, okay. um, like, I mean, in high school, I went to the school counsellor, but being in a public school, um, the system changed. Um, so I wasn't able to continue with that. So I just kind of dropped off. Sure. Uh, and then in my mid twenties, yeah, going to the GP because the GP, you're, if you're in Australia, your GP will be able to give you a referral for a mental health plan. Yep. So you get, I think it's 10 sessions in a year. I believe um, so, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that's so that's covered by Medicare. The trouble is that I've done that a few times and okay. not ended up with a provider that um, has suited me. Sure. And also just I wasn't ready. Yeah, you know, when okay. I got to my current counsellor, we sat down in my first session and she said, why haven't previous counsellors worked? Yeah. And we sat through and we came up with a list of all of my fears and all of the reasons why I would stop going because um, that is one of the symptoms of my depression is I have avoidant tendencies. So I would yes. just avoid it and then the situation would just get worse and worse and worse. Uh, and then I would just end up, you know, forgetting about the issue and not being able to handle it. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, she was she's finding the right provider starts with getting a referral from your GP. Yep. But it's not always that simple. Sometimes yeah. it's trial and error. And it's really interesting like what you say to the point there where you you may need help and there's a difference between you I guess recognizing that you need help but will the help Will it help you if you're not ready is what I'm saying is that, you know, you may need help and people may see you as you look, we think you need help, but are you going to you know receive the help if you're not willing to receive it? Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I guess I definitely resonate with that, I guess, bringing my own story into this one here is that it took me a long time to, for myself to one, speak up about, you know, needing help. That was a big thing for me. I didn't want to burden anyone. I felt like I was a burden if I was going to speak to someone about me needing help. Um, and, and I guess it got to a point there where um, I got to a very dark place and I then realised, you know, people around me, they're saying, you, you know, you, you need help. I then realised, okay, I need help and I need to go out and make this effort. And I think that I can see how if I wasn't ready in that mindset, how maybe I would not have, I would have had a different outcome. If someone had forced me to go into, you know, or if I'd got paired up with someone that um, didn't re resonate with me, whether it's a psychologist or a GP or, or someone like that, just sort of, nah, don't need it. I don't need it right now. I'm, I'm fine doing what I'm doing. I can see that the outcome might be different. So, I mean, like the, the biggest thing for you is that you just, you just kept going. You just kept looking for it. If this person's not right, then it's this person. Then I'll try this person to this person. Um, and I don't want to make it seem like it was a, you know, a, I tried a few sessions with one counsellor and then immediately tried the other one. No, it was, it was a long process of losing hope, a few months of despair, thinking there's nothing I can do. I'm beyond repair. I'm, uh, you know, flipping from I'm too sick to help to I'm not even that sick. Why am I wasting everyone's time? Yeah. Um, yep. So, it, yeah, that's why it took a few years to find the right counsellor because, it was hard, especially yeah. when um, a lot of it depends on being self-motivated. And one of the biggest things with depression is losing your motivation. So, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely right. So when it got really bad in high school, to you mentioned seeing a school counsellor and then obviously being very difficult in uh, a state school to, to either keep this person or maybe they've moved on and you've gotten someone else that just hasn't resonated with you. How long after... Did you start seeking that treatment again? Was it was it soon after? Was it in university? Like after it was around about ten years. Yeah. Okay. Or oh, ten years from that time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I was okay. seeing the counselor. Um, so I, I started seeing the counselor because the uh, um, the school noticed that I had been self harming, and they they only noticed because they were already keeping an eye on me because sure. my mum had just had a brain aneurysm. Okay. So she was in intensive care and um, for quite a while, and then in. Um, you know, medical rehabilitation for quite a while. Yeah. So they were keeping an eye on me and there were legitimate reasons for me to be upset, which was yeah, absolutely. part of the reason, like possibly part of the reason why my depression did get so bad, but also part yeah. of the reason why it was dismissed as, you know, normal and understandable. So right. due to obviously what's happening back at home and your family yeah, and your yeah. mum. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the self-harm, I know before recording this and, and speaking to you, I know from my own experience, I had a friend through high school that was, she was self-harming and 
that was my first experience with seeing someone else going through their own mental health issues and mental illness. I think I knew her from year nine all the way up to year 12. And ever since that time, she was this you know, happy-go-lucky person. You would never know there was anything wrong with her. She would never let anything out to know otherwise. Um, and I think it was in year 10 that we, we, we noticed that, that she was self-harming. There was a very, very small group of us that, that noticed. And, um, and it sort of it was an eye-awakener for me, just the fact that you know, this was a way for someone to uh, release or, you know, she was having problems at home with her family. Um, and I guess that was her way of just, just releasing through that. And, and fortunate enough, um, I think um, towards the end of high school, she started speaking about it. She certainly wasn't speaking about it in the early stages. She knew that slowly when people started to notice that she became more open to having conversations with close friends, which is fantastic. And, and then she soon you know, got the help. But it was, I guess where I'm getting at is that it's one of those mental illness conditions that can go unnoticed for so long because people are very protective. I guess, you know, someone that's doing it to themselves is very protective on that. Is mm. it something that... You get very good at yeah, hiding she was, it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. She was very good at hiding it. She's very good at masking it. So when did you start reaching out to, to family and friends for help? I always was yep. in a way. Um you know, where the self-harm as a teenager, um, like a lot of people don't like to admit it, but it was a yeah, cry for help. Right. You know, it was, you know, I it was especially, you know, in 2005 when the emo phase was in full swing, um, there was a lot of like, oh, it's just for attention. And yes, it was for attention is because I was in so yeah. much pain and I was suffering in such a way that I couldn't understand how to communicate to people how serious sure. it was so the only way that i could express how i was feeling was turning it in yep. on myself okay. um and it's this multifaceted so there was that element there's also the element of um when you're dissociated feeling physical pain is like an anchor to your body so it helps you come back uh, or you think it will help you come back it doesn't yep. work but you know at the time that's you know, the best option according okay. to you. Uh, and you should never trust yourself when you're in yes. an episode. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, I was from a teenager, I was asking for help, um, but I was also in denial of needing yeah. help. And the people around me weren't equipped to give me the kind of help yeah, that I okay. needed. Um, I had to kind of, when I started to get help that actually worked was yep. from me. I, I made okay. those steps. And I think that's also got a lot to do with why it did work is because I put, I you know, I went to the GP and I yep. got my referral and then I was really proud of yeah. myself for doing that. So then I called the psych's office and I got yep. my appointment booked and I was really proud of myself. And I asked the people around me for help, someone to drive me to the appointment and wait for me yep. and drive me home. And then I was really proud of myself yeah, for doing that. So, so all of those steps to yep. get help helped me Except yep. the help. Yep. Um, so yeah, once I once I um, got another diagnosis, but actually shared it with my family and told them what was happening, rather than just you know living with my parents and you know being upset with them for not understanding why mm. I was hurting, but then not communicating with them that I was hurting. Once I opened up to them about what was actually wrong that was when they realized that it was serious and that they needed to help me even like they already yep. had been helping me but they didn't realize the severity um how much yeah yeah, yeah. um i had yep. a conversation with my dad uh even just a few weeks ago um when he was saying oh we, we did some re research on borderline personality disorder and you know Borderline makes it sound like it's only a little bit bad, but yeah, mm. you know, they, so they, they did the research and they, you know. That's awesome. So yeah, it's all, it's all very recent, even though it's been ongoing, yeah. uh, it's still also recent. Yeah. And I wonder if that's, the more people I guess I speak to about mental health, the more I find that it's being more spoken about and it's become more educated. There's a lot more education about it and people are becoming more aware. It is, the fight for the stigma is running through you can see the trend between now and you know five years ago and in the past where it was taboo no one wanted to talk about it, it was something that you know the older generation you know would say just you know harden up forget about it you know just continue on with life type bit you know everyone's got it but we just yeah it's, it's not appropriate to talk yeah. about so just don't talk about it yeah yeah 
and I'm so happy that your family, you know, even if it's if it's recent, is now coming to the point there where they've always been there to help you. But even more so, just just taking that that additional action and additional steps to you know dive a little bit deeper and to to help you and and to encourage you because it sounds like you're making these massive milestones and these efforts to say just keep pushing forward. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if it's one step. Doesn't matter to a leap. You know, even if you go backwards, as long as you just continue pushing forward. You know, in your own mm. space, you know, you you will continue moving forward, and and that's the big thing about you know, mental health as well is is just the fact that it can stunt you, it can leave you uh, in a place where you don't want to move. That you know, everything like you, you mentioned, you don't want to get out of bed, you don't want to do anything, and the hardest thing that you can do is is to to get up, to move, to to take that action, and that has to come from you. And I guess the big thing there is just taking what you feel and what you know works for you everyone is so different you know everyone takes motivation and and positivity and all these other things to to motivate you to move forward to get up to to climb the mountain to to do what you need to do and i guess this is where it's interesting because everyone has different perspectives as to what motivates them and and i'm really interested to know from your experiences you know you've had it for so long you've been managing it a lot of it yourself and you've had family and friends helping you and even more so helping you now and you know you've taken all these amazing right steps to to seek help and you're seeking help now and and knowing that it's something that can't be flicked off that you've got to adapt within yourself and continue to manage I guess on a daily basis to to get the best life out of yourself yeah Um, yeah that's that's definitely the the big thing is accepting that you know even if you're on medication that's just a a way to manage it it's not going to make your depression disappear um and that's also something that has been something i've been working on with my therapist and something that has been hugely like a pivotal point for me is accepting that you just have to sit in the discomfort you just have to experience it yes what you're feeling might be you know, incredibly awful and it might be, you know, possibly worse than what other people are feeling. Um, it could be the worst that you've ever felt, but the fact of the matter is that you have this mental illness and you yeah. just have to experience these unpleasant emotions so that your body and your mind can learn that they pass. Yeah. You know, if you're yep. having an attack, if you're having an episode, yes, it is the most awful thing you can experience, mm. but you just have to experience it. And then, life gets better yeah yeah absolutely and and i guess just on that point there what, what have you found to help you so you personally what have you found to help you manage what you're going through your mental illnesses your mental health how do you manage it day by day what what keeps you going what motivates you what what keeps you climbing all of the cliche things that you see on the internet, yep. all of the all of the things that you've heard a hundred times before you see them on motivational posters, yeah. you hear, you know, those really annoying, greasy motivational speakers saying it, yep. and you hate them, but unfortunately, it's just true. It is. It you is know, true. I hundred percent agree with that. And um, yeah, and I th- I think that accepting that was you know i i I had a a breakthrough moment um a a couple of years ago when i saw just a motivational picture that someone had shared on instagram Mm. and it just it clicked with me and that moment i was like you know if i just accept that sometimes when you see these cliches it's just the right moment for you to hear it yeah um you know it doesn't matter if you've heard it a hundred times before and that's why i don't mind when people share the same things that have been shared a hundred times or you know whatever if you find a quote that gives you strength then cling to that quote write it in your notebook yeah you know print it out on a poster whatever it does you know i have one from the good place of all things yeah um one of the characters says to another character you are a paragon of fortitude a mountain of strength and i'm like that's just it's so worded and it's you know it's it's just carries with you nice yeah Yeah. and and it's you know whenever i feel whenever i feel weak i just imagine tahani saying to me that i am a paragon of fortitude and a mountain of strength and it gives me strength and it doesn't matter where that strength comes from it doesn't matter that it's you know a, a tacky reason it doesn't matter if you get strength from just 
seeing something nice on the street, wherever it comes from, sees it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I a hundred percent agree with that. You just never know that one moment you're looking at something or however you feel, if you're vulnerable in one stage, you know, everyone goes through it and, and just to have something there to cling to, to, to show that, you know, I just need this bit of strength right here, right now, whether it's something that you, you know, see on social media, whether it's, you know, cliche, but it just might carry something through with you. And I even see getting to a point there where, like you said, they're, they're noting quotes on them, uh, in books. They're noting quotes on themselves. They're tattooed on themselves. You know, never forget. It's, it's just something that just keeps it in the back of your mind to keep you pushing forward, whether it's to motivate you to, to get the extra bit or just to, just to get yourself out of bed or, or whatever it is that it takes for you to just say, today is today, yeah. tomorrow will be tomorrow. Let's just keep pushing through and, let, and let's get better and let's, let's live the best life we can. I, and I know for, for me personally, um, and I've talked about this before, it's always perspective. And I don't know whether that's something that, that's come from you know, having kids now, but, but I always know that you know, when, when I'm in that stressful mind or I'm going through anxiety or I'm having you know, one of a, um, you know, a panic attack, not that I have too many of them these days, um, haven't had one for a while now, but it's more so just about being mindful that, hang on, let's just stop, let's just pump the brakes here. You know, is this thing the worst thing in the world? You know, mm. does this affect the health of myself, my kids, my, the people around me that I care about? You know, is it really you know this big of a deal? And you know, once you slowly break it down and you work your techniques, whether it's breathing or the perspective or like, you know, relaying yourself these quotes that give you the strength. It puts everything in perspective. That's why I sort of go back to perspective mm. because, you know, life is so short and, and life is life and life's never going to be easy for anyone. But it's just one of those things there that everyone has their something. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter if it's a small thing compared to someone else's suffering yep. because if it's the worst thing you've ever experienced, it's still the worst thing you've ever experienced. Yeah, 100%. Um. And that is also a lot of, um, with BPD, a lot of it comes from having your feelings being invalidated. Um, so if you validate your feelings, say, yes, you are panicking. Yes, mm. this is a terrible feeling. You don't have to brush it aside, but you also don't have to give it complete power over yourself. I'm going to go a little bit off topic here because I know you're a gamer. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you played, have you got a Switch? I do, yes. Do you? Oh, it's, it's it's not just available on Switch. Have you played Celeste? No, no, you I haven't. You really need to play that game. That is a, a, an amazing game. It is a game that beautifully touches on mental health. And I think it reflects it in a way, just as you, you, you're explaining your story, acknowledging that it's there and knowing that, look, it, it's part of me. You know, it's okay that these, you know, panic attacks or, you know, the stress comes aboard, validate it, but know that it's not going to completely control you mm -hmm. um, and that, you, you know, you work through it and that together, you know, managing it together, um, you know, you can come out stronger. Yeah, it's a great game. I, I think it, it'd be one that um, you resonate with. Um, I know a lot of people that I've spoken to have gone through mental health issues. They've really resonated with it. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to get your perspective on that. Yeah, I'll have a look into it. Yeah, just something else for the sideline. Um, I wanted to touch on, on you and, and the other things that you do to keep yourself busy with regards to mindfulness. I know that you're an active um, Twitch streamer. Um, for those listeners who don't, have never heard of streaming, uh, who have never heard of Twitch, can you just explain a little bit about what that involves, what they are, um, and I guess how do you fit into you doing that? Yeah, um, uh, it's, I heard a very good explanation of it is Gogglebox, but instead of watching TV, you're playing video games. Perfect. Um, so, I mean, I don't only I don't only stream gaming. I also stream myself doing arts and crafts. Yep. Um, but it's I do what I would normally be doing. Yeah. But I broadcast myself doing it so I can talk to other people around the world and they can watch me yep. be hilarious. Perfect. How long have you been doing that for? Um, I've been streaming for, I think, a year and a half now. Yeah, okay. Um, and I've been creating content online for a few years prior to starting streaming. I was a um, social media manager for a publication called Geek Bomb. Okay. Um, and I used to make YouTube videos for them and all that. But yeah, the, the live stuff has been about a year and a half. With regards to streaming, 
it's an interesting one where I'd be really like to get your perspective as to how you balance streaming with many people watching you and not performing, but you doing what you do online and, and the entertainment and the building yeah. the community and building that positive vibe and how you how that either helps you or how you manage your own mental health with, with streaming. Is it something that you find that really helps uh, is it something that keeps you grounded is that mindfulness what, what's 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 streaming to you when it comes to your own mental health um streaming i think I, like, I don't like to think of it in terms of my mental health i look at it as like you know how how does an electrician's job um affect their mental health obviously i'm not getting paid as much as an electrician yep. um but it's just something that i do yeah sometimes it really really helps my mental health having people that i can talk to um having a bit of a you know a social connect without having to leave my home can be amazing yeah okay but it can also cut really deep because it gives me an excuse not to leave my home for weeks at a time sure um it it opens me up to a lot of online abuse, a lot of harassment um, that people think that I'm asking for because I've put myself on the internet. Um, and it's just unfortunately something you have to accept. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's there's benefits to it, but there's also a lot of downsides to it. Yeah, okay. You're heavy into content creation. Um, is there anything that you do to sort of manage that with regards to making sure that you, you know, take breaks when needed with regards to um, you doing streaming or you creating content? You know, you obviously got your own life outside doing, you know, university and study and work and everything else that's going on around you. Is there something that um, advice around the content creation and managing your mental health that you can share on that? Um, my advice would just be to acknowledge what it is mm. for what it is um on like content creation unless you're already at the top of the industry as a hobby and no hobby should take precedence over your health yeah perfect so yeah, you if you're if you're streaming for 10 12 hours every day yeah you're not get you're not taking breaks you're not getting enough rest you're just not getting enough sunlight sure. most likely um so yeah like you know I don't do marathon streams because I, after a few, like, you know, at the moment it's about three, four hours. Yep. Sometimes I, like I was able to do eight hour streams at one point, yeah. but just acknowledging your limits where they are and prioritizing your health, mental health and physical health. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent agree. I'm always just a bit fearful that people that might struggle with the balance sometimes whether they and i definitely agree with what you're saying with regards to a hobby like many of us create content out of passion projects we do it because we love to do it we do it because there's a there's a goal involved to either create value um, awareness or, or just doing it for, for yourself and, and making sure never to lose that the grassroots as to why you're doing that i guess there's always just a bit of a stigma within the industry or within content creation that you know I've, I've got to be first I've got to be the best I've got to be you know got to get it out in time and and it can sometimes to some people may escalate very quickly between a hobby is to versus very competitive to to stay relevant maybe um yeah yeah and I guess it's and I yeah sorry oh no sorry I was just gonna say um I think sometimes people need to doesn't matter where you are, whether you know you're the best of the best, or you know you're a professional and you do it day in and day out because that's your everyday job, versus you doing it at a hobby. I, I think there needs to be, uh, from my view, and I'm only a viewer. I'm not even a, a content creator in, in 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 that space. But I always think in the back of my mind, that it just needs to be that constant talk, and there probably is within you know streaming and and, and content creation. It doesn't matter what platform you're on, on YouTube and so on. But just that balance, the balancing to take time out to. You know, mm. be mindful of yourself. Um, and and what, I'm, what I'm seeing is that more of these bigger YouTubers, you know, even in Australia, are coming out now saying, you know, I'm going through some stuff. Um, it's been really hard. You know, I think it's because of this and I'm, I'm taking time back. I'm taking some time for myself, you know. And, you know, you don't want to have that whole ninja theory you know you take two days off and you've lost, you know, all these yeah, followers. Yeah. And you don't want to have that sort of mentality that, Keep yeah, going and it, it's hard because it's undeniable that it's true. Yeah. You know, I've I've taken a week off. I mean, I've I've over the past few months, I've been streaming a couple of times a week at most, yeah. and I can see the difference. Like, in if I look at my numbers, there is a you know measurable difference between when I was streaming multiple times a week uh, and now because that's just the nature of the beast. Yeah. 
Um, I also look at streaming uh, and gaming content and all of that as showbiz. Um, and as I, I grew up like doing, you know, theater acting and stage performance and all that. So I, I had, you know, that's showbiz baby mm. um, kind of attitude towards content creation when I came in. So I think that a lot of things I was able to brush off or a lot of things I was possibly more prepared for than other people. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard because it's true. Yep. But you just have to look after yourself because you only get one you. Yeah. You know? 100%. And it's people talk about that like you've you've got to exercise, you've got to eat right because you only get one body, mm. but you also only get one mind. Yep. So if you let that fall apart, like, you know, six months of not looking after your mental health is going to be maybe two years of trying to recover yeah. from the damage that you do. Yeah. So And you hit it you hit the nail on the head. Like so many people are focused on physical on Focusing on getting your physical self, you know, looking after your physical self, whether it's exercise and eating, just like you said, but looking after yourself mentally is is, is as important, if not more. You, you got a broken leg, you go see a doctor, you, you know, you, you get it fixed. You something's mm. you, if you're not well in within yourself and you've got a mental illness, same thing. You need to go seek help. You need to start looking after yourself. You need to do things for yourself. Implement mindfulness. Yeah. Impl- implement you starting conversations. So. Um, yeah, I agree. Oh. I, and I used to be pretty heavily into fitness. You know, I was um, a bit of a gym junkie. All of my friends were um, powerlifters and bodybuilders. Uh, and when I stopped doing that, I kind of got a few like, oh, you know, you, you're looking after yourself. And, I, and, you know, explaining to them being a little bit chubby for, you know, a year or two isn't going to kill me, but suicide might. Yeah, absolutely. Like I need to, yes, exercise is good for depression, yeah. but I also have a tendency of obsessing and getting too into it. Mm. And then uh, my unhealthy relationship with food, thanks to all of, you know, my issues that I've had that plays up uh, and it's more important for me to not be going to the gym every day and focusing on my mental health. And then when I'm in a better place, I can start looking after my body more intently. Yeah. Um, And it was also hard because explaining to people like, yeah, I'm eating, I'm getting McDonald's like a couple of times a week because I can Uber Eats it to my house. But at the end of the day, me eating a cheeseburger through Uber Eats is better than me not eating for three days in a row. So when I have that moment of strength where I think I could eat right now, I need to eat. And if all I have is a cheeseburger because everything I bought three weeks ago is moldy and that's okay and i need to eat that cheeseburger yeah. yeah absolutely absolutely no look there's there's so many other things that you can do just to help yourself and i think everyone you know focuses on the physical aspect and there are benefits on the physical aspect but it's not everything you know um mm. like just like you mentioned you know the bare necessities make sure that you're in a safe place make sure that you're eating you know all these all the bare basics you know again bringing yeah. in that perspective uh, the, the the tricks that get shared on tumblr all the time um you know if, if you can't do anything, at least get up and have a shower. Yeah. If you can't leave your house, at least brush your teeth and your hair. Yep. Yep. If you can't make a sandwich, then at least eat some bread and a handful of lettuce. Yeah. Like if you, if you can't, if you don't have the energy to do the full job, yep. do part of the job. Yeah. 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 Just keep looking after yourself in whatever way that you can. Um, mm. But anything yeah, that you because can Because it's, it's first aid. Mm. Like a lot of the time what you're doing is first aid and that's not a sustainable way to live. No. That should be when you're in the worst moments, that's you do what you have to do. Um, but as I said earlier, when you have those moments of strength, you just have to seize them. Yep. You can't you can't rest on your laurels, which is what I did for a number of years. I was like, you know, I'm feeling good now. I'm always good. Yep. Like um, I have uh, my, my therapist actually explained it to me, which was very validating. Um, you have mood dependent memories. So the same way that when you smell something and it reminds you of, you know, your grandma's house mm. and it, it triggers all those memories of your grandma. Mm. When you're happy, you remember memories of being happy. And when you're sad, you remember memories of being sad. Yeah. So that makes being in a depressive episode really hard because you're like, I've always been miserable. There's no yeah. such thing as happiness. Yep. And you just have to remind yourself that that's not true. And a, and a big part of that is retraining the brain. Like the, one of the things that even for me uh, that I had to go through is just retraining the brain to a point there where like if you're constantly thinking one way, like the mind is so powerful, like you mentioned, the mind is so powerful to the point there where 
you keep thinking negatively like it's amazing how that becomes not only not only how you look at life but how you look at yourself so you've got to like overcome that and start pushing that out i guess but the way doing that is just bringing in those little bits those little nuggets that you I guess resonate with you along the way like you're mentioning you know whether it's something on a line or you know just looking after yourself you know just little things like that just keeping that in mind and and slowly but surely chipping away doing little bit by bit no one's asking you to do you know it's not a sprint it's an absolute marathon and you just got to take bit by bit step by step to the point there where you're mentally strong in i guess in in thinking one way or it's overcoming the thoughts those negative thoughts so and that's all that's time that's just repetition and time and it's different for everyone yeah i'm i mean tying it into the physical health again you don't expect to be able to squat 100 kilos the first time you step into a gym 100%. so yep. if you just squat what you can do what you can then eventually you will be able to do the big ways yeah definitely bit by bit um, and it's always the small stuff that up to the big stuff. So, and it's always sustainable. And that's the big one, like like anything, you know, small pieces. And it's just becomes more sustainable, becomes part of your lifestyle. And um, yeah, no, I'm I'm a firm believer in that. Just winding up, I just wanted to talk about from your own experiences, and you may have um, already answered this through through what we've spoken about. Is that just looking at an overall perspective for anyone sort of going through similar mental health uh, experiences as yourself? Is there any sort of advice that you would provide to someone else, whether it's you know you five years ago or even to you now? You know that may not be seeking help now, or um, yeah, you know, is there sort of advice that you've learned from your experience that you'd say if I could go back and learn what I've learned and tell? past has this this is what i'd be telling them or even if someone's in your situation now just hasn't hasn't started the conversation or you know done anything to sort of help themselves and, and feels you know look, what can i do yeah i think that my best advice would be don't give up trying to get better um i see so many people say oh i've, I've been in therapy and it didn't help it's like well that therapist didn't help yeah. that you know and and possibly not even that therapist but that style of therapy like i've for example had um cognitive behavioral therapy which was helpful but it you know wasn't extremely helpful so then we tried um dialectical behavior dialectic behavioral therapy i don't know dbt and cbt um you know just eventually you will find the thing that is going to help you don't give up on finding it and don't try and do it alone like if the first person you ask for help doesn't help the second person will or the third or the fourth or the fifth you know don't try and do it alone because you need community you need help um from your loved ones and don't give up because it's a lifetime as you say it's a marathon it's a lifetime battle and there's no quick fixes, but you will get there eventually, and it is a hundred percent worth it. Yeah, that is so good. That's that's perfect. That, thank you so much. That that is that is <laughs> so good. I I feel like I got goosebumps. <laughs> so, oh, no, oh, but that's thank that's, you. that's 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 perfect. It, it is, but it, it is never give up. If it doesn't work this avenue, try another avenue. Just keep moving forward you know just Mm -hmm. just keep trying because darkest of times there's there is going to be light know that there's going to be light there's never the worst scenario where it has to be the worst there is always avenues available start a conversation with someone you trust reach out you know there's there's so many support avenues out there whether it's lifeline beyond blue there's these amazing organizations out there that are willing to you know talk to you speak to the gp you know speak to whoever you feel most trusted with and and start the conversation and keep it flowing make sure the doors are open make sure you continue talking and make sure that you seek help because help is there and there's always a light it's just continue if it doesn't work this way like you said you you try this way try this way try this way everyone is different things work for different people it sometimes it's just trial and error and it's something that you continue to manage like you mentioned it's it's not a quick fix it is a marathon it's something that you continue to work at day after day after day and just know that you know you've got you got one life you've got one shot and it's it's worth living and you've got to keep fighting you know you've got to keep fighting the best Mm -hmm. life that you can and even if yeah. it's if you only had one shot, one opportunity, would you seize it or would you let it that's go? That's it. I love it. You <laughs> <lose yourself laughs> in, I love it. It's so true, but <laughs> it is so true. You know, you just palms are sweaty. <laughs> Next week comes <laughs> Um 
And how good is Mum's yeah, spaghetti? It's, it's awesome. <laughs> I want to go watch that now, actually. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's 100% true. And look, look at look at Eminem. Like, I mean, like, it's it's someone that can continue living the life that he was living or, or push forward, you know, and you get, you get hit down. Everyone gets hit down. You fail. Everyone fails. Like, that's the thing, you know, don't, there's this massive emphasis on failing, you know, whether it's doing what you're doing or seeking help, but you just got to, you just got to rise above it. You got to, you know, take it. Everyone fails and acknowledge, you know, this didn't work, you know, no one gets it right. Maybe the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time, but you get better and you start conversations. The first conversation you have might be the hardest conversation you have. The second might be a little bit easier. The third's even easier, you know, and it gets easier and easier, better and better and you get more out of it. Um, and just knowing that the people around you, you know, being aware that they're aware of, of what you're going through and just just keep pushing forward and look after yourself. Yeah, yeah. Kaz, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I, I think I've gotten a lot out of, you know, your experiences and your story. Um, and I think, you know, you've got a lot and you're going to continue to push a lot of value out there about um, what you're going through and, and you're going to help a lot of people. So I'm, I'm so happy and I definitely want to follow your journey and, and, and continue to promote and, and watch you grow because I know you're going to do great things. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate no, that a lot. No, absolutely. You 100%, you are, you're the best. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much again for coming onto the podcast and sharing your story. I really appreciate your time. Um, it's a busy time of year. We're recording this 30th of December um you know it's, it's right in the hub of things but I look I really appreciate you taking time out sharing your story being brave and and um opening up about your own experiences and I know that you know someone's going to listen to this and it's either going to help them or it's going to help you know educate them on someone maybe close to them that's going through it and, and that's what we're all about and if that if if not that then it's it's going to create you know more awareness more education to it yeah and even if it's a drop in the bucket if it's if this isn't the moment that you feel like yes I can go and get help but two or three podcasts down the line you're still if, as long as we're chipping away at it as long as you're making 100%, progress that's it just chip away bit by bit for the listeners that want to follow you where can they find uh, you you can find me on any social media at Castleberry or um, on twitch.tv forward slash Castleberry and it's K-A-Z-L-E-B-E-R-R-Y because everyone always puts two cats two z's in it oh do they yeah <laughs> oh, okay well i'll make sure to put um all your social media links into the description of this podcast episode so for everyone listening please go check out kaz she is amazing she's across all socials as she mentioned hugely inspiring she is just it's real world <laughs> and and that's that's what you know we're after we just want real stories from real people Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. I wish you all the best and um, I can't wait to follow your journey. I am following your journey. I've been following your journey. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for having me on and for, you know, liking me. <laughs> of course, of course. Thanks, guys. Okay, bye. Guys, as always, thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode. As a reminder, if you or someone you know may be experiencing the same or similar signs of mental illness as Kaz, please know that there is help available and you are not alone. I'll be listing a number of these support organisations in the description area of this podcast episode. As always, thank you for your attention and support. If you found value in Kaz's story or know of someone that would really benefit from listening, please make sure that you share it with them. Also, if you could take a moment to rate, leave a positive review and subscribe to the podcast, it really goes a long way in helping others find the podcast and helping us share the important messages being told by our guests. Pushing Through Blue podcast can be found across most major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify and Anchor FM. Also, don't forget to go share some love to the amazing Castleberry and go follow her across all her socials, so Twitter and Instagram at Castleberry. And also go check her out on Twitch where she does her variety gaming and arts and crafts streams on twitch.tv forward slash Castleberry. Until next time, much love, take care of yourself.